0: Weird Things is brought to you by Patreon.com/slash/WeirdThings. Support the show.
1: Hello and welcome to the Weird Things podcast. I'm Adrianne, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello, Brian Brushwood. Hello and Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello. Gentlemen, it's time to think big. Real big.
2: Okay? Finally. I'm tired of thinking small. I used to think, I used to think small. <sighs> I know what you're going to say. How big will the pie be when Brian's
1: face goes in it? <sniffs> Well, to recap Delicious. um last week's episode, uh Brian and Andrew usually the, the two very agreeable chaps on everything. Exactly. Um <laughs> uh we, we made a friendly challenge that both Brian and I want to see succeed, but the Indeed. challenge was when will we see SpaceX Starship uh be reused? Not just going to orbit, but right. actually the successfully same land going- after a second use. Yeah. And uh neither one of us has any idea when this will really happen. Nope. But we decided but that doesn't, to.
3: It I, does not stop the smack talk
1: from beginning fast and loud. Yeah. I, I, it is, I have waited several years to watch starship go orbital as has a lot of SpaceX fans. but also I'm waiting. We're all waiting for, yeah. A first fully reusable spaceship. That's going to transform and change space forever. So it's like, you know, Oh, it's five years too late. Fail. No, that that's not really. It's 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 five years. If it's five years too late, it's still going to be thirty years too soon compared to what people were expecting. So right. yeah uh, we'll see. So after right after we oh, made wait, wait, the did, bet,
0: yeah. Did, did we say what the bet was? That uh, it was uh, end
1: five, of this
3: year. Yeah, but uh, 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 I'm not going to use it right. But the line is by the end of this year, whether or not. Uh, a second, the
0: second one touches down.
3: Or, no, the, the, the second launch one, second of journey. the same piece right. of equipment
0: touches touches down,
3: down safely. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, if if uh, it happens before the end of the year, then I take a pie in the face and I donate five hundred dollars to World Builders. And if uh, if it happens after, then uh, uh, Andrew takes a pie in the face and donates five hundred dollars to the charity of his choice. There
0: we go.
1: Oh, we don't donate it to the other students. Yeah,
3: I, I, oh, yeah, I, I was thinking way. it was. I yeah, hadn't thought about that. I'm I'm totally comfortable either way.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, you're, no, yeah, you're gonna force Andrew to to, to peel off five hundred dollars <laughs> to, to his favorite to, no, to World Builders, and, it, and it'll be he'll be <laughs> oh, I'm so upset the entire way. Yeah. And if you lose, okay. then you have yeah. to to do it to a charity. Yeah, that's that better. That's better. Yeah.
1: So we don't know. Uh, there has not been a last week a launch and relaunch of a starship, but uh there is still this they got what's called this this we talked about before the faa gave them what's called a fonzie a finding of no significant impact but it's Mm -hmm. also kind of a cool name Yep. there's about 70 things that spacex has to address but there are things like providing lighting and stuff like this they seem probably very doable but also what it was like prepare a report on like the indigenous people's history of that area (laughs) like it's a book report like literally one of the things they have to do is a book report but anyhow, um, I mean, Elon,
3: uh, yeah, yeah, hey, ha- let's not blow this off. That's uh, book reports, big pains in the butts.
1: True that, true that. So Elon tweeted literally like an hour or two after we made our bet, said, "Hey, uh, we're ready. We'll be. We should be ready to launch by next month, by July. Ready to launch isn't the same as launching. Uh, look, but.
3: Andrew, it's not like days after that they landed three first stages in one day." <laughs> It was 37 hours. But yes, okay.
1: <laughs> they did they did they did yeah, SpaceX, as you don't know, they managed to fall off like three missions all at once in with like within a span of like thirty-seven hours landing three rockets back on Earth. Um just It's
3: not like a good for Brian, is all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know. There there's gonna be the I highly, highly, highly recommend And when I say I highly recommend, there is Everyday Astronaut has several interviews with Elon Musk where he walks around the facility at Starbase and talks about it. It is fascinating to see this, this facility being built. It is also fascinating insight into, albeit a very controversial man, the world's richest man and the most successful tech mogul ever. And when he talks and says things, there's either things that are interesting about what he has to tell you or observationally of what he feels is important. It and yeah. it's just, you know, I, it is really, I've wrote down, it's one of the things I just started writing down things he'd said and going, oh, man, that's very, very insightful, or very this, whatever. And, and again, uh, I'm not telling you to go take a class from him on, you know, online media etiquette. Uh, hmm, I am hmm. saying, you know, the guy that built, you know, built SpaceX and took Tesla to where it is today,
0: kind of probably yeah if if, if you if you care about this boy uh, uh uh there are only a few people that are leading the vanguard on on space exlo- uh, space exploration and electric you cars care so.
1: about building things or building companies i'm like literally anybody has anybody any interest in making a thing or working with a team i'm like that's this is literally because that is these things happen because of teams these things happen because of teams it is a team at spacex team at tesla there are teams of people working on this stuff. And to get those people together, there are brilliant people at other companies. There are brilliant people all over. They're brilliant entrepreneurs. But somehow to get these teams the ability to do what they want to do, it's just there is a lot of a process back and forth. But anyhow, uh, he had tweeted out, like, yeah, it's July, they planned it. That's when they, they hope to. There is a lot of videos, like you can watch live footage. If you go to Lab Padre right now on YouTube, you can actually see multiple camera shots from across the street or from across the bay showing you in progress these things as are being assembled, stuff put on launch mounts. You look at We looked at before the scale of this. It's incredible. They're building a simultaneous launch system and rocket factory in Cape Canaveral right now, too, basically trying to ensure that they have this production. Gwen Shotwell, who is the president of SpaceX, and she deserves a tremendous amount of credit for keeping this company in the direction it's been going. And just she really is, you know, absolutely integral to the success of SpaceX. She was just in an interview and she talked about what the goal was for Starship. Uh, Anybody want to hear the production goals? Uh, Oh, for
3: how many and how fast they're going to build them. Yeah. Oh yes. But first I want to take a guess. Uh, I would say two in the next year and then four, 10,
1: 20. So, they're probably right now already at like a monthly cadence. What? And their goal is to get to one per day. Wait, building one
3: full rocket per day? One Not, launching,
1: per day. Building, Not
3: launching, building. Not launching, building, building.
1: Building, yeah. Well, probably presumably launching so they don't well, have a At the same of time, Yeah. Up. But also so
3: building them one per day. Yeah, because
1: they'll have their starship and there's boosters. They're always going to be building more starships than boosters because you can stack a starship on a booster, but that is the goal is they want to be building. The whole we want to colonize Mars thing, not a joke. Yeah. It is not. It is a real. It is a real. That is. That is. If When I really. I invite. Watch these videos and watch the scale of production already. It is the biggest story that's happening right in front of everybody where literally he's building his star bases for building the fleet to go to Mars. And.
3: Wow, I mean, I guess once you have it down and once it works, I mean, uh, I wouldn't freak out to find out that Boeing builds, you know, a plane a day.
1: No, do I don't know the yeah. The total, yeah. It's not. they It's not twenty four hours to build a rocket. Everybody, but it's, no, no, no. no like, but, yeah, but but You yeah, know what you I know mean? Like, like you, yeah, you, you have, have a, a 20, line you know, happening, and yeah. Yeah, exactly they'll yeah. one one per day coming off the construction line, but uh, production line. So. Wow. Uh, I don't know what the total number of Boeing airplanes, like, I don't know. Let's look that up. How many Boeing airplanes can make <laughs> per day? But, uh, that is, you know, and you're, you're thinking like, what, what would you use it for? I'm like, well, that's, that's like, what would you use all these computers for? Who needs right. computers? You know,
3: that I can't little- imagine a reason that somebody would need, need a mainframe in their
1: pocket. Yeah. Therefore and <laughs> when, and, and part of it is like, uh, I was watching For All Mankind. Oh, dude, dude, season. we have an answer. Uh, you want to lock in your guess yeah. from Boeing? Uh, one every four days.
2: Bryce. Uh, per Abdullah Gook on Cora, according to the official website of Boeing, they delivered 806 planes in 2018, which is a rate of 2.2 planes per day. Insane. Wow. So That's yeah. pre-COVID
1: numbers. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Uh, so that's a pretty, that shows you a lot of demand for airplanes. And then you look, cause you have planes retiring, but anyhow, um, I watch for all mankind and like the season one, I think it's a really well done show, but it is still one of these shows that's still stuck in the, ah, the future is just a bigger version of the present sort of idea. And again, their version of the future in season three is 1992, but they have, you know, this entrepreneurs built this big, huge space hotel. Oh, we built this big, huge space hotel. And it's like, when you have that much capacity in orbit, charging people $20,000 per night, $30,000 per night, that is the worst use of that possible. It is It is a, it's, you know, let's make, you know, let's take microchips and, you know, not use them the most for, you know, it's it, literally, it's, the amount of it, but on, sorry, but Brian. it
3: is but it is the easiest concrete idea that everybody even a child can understand in
2: and, so. and, and, and on it was
0: a a mainstream idea i think before the before we, we really wrapped our head around how, exactly how, how accessible space was when you had reusable rockets
1: well, like that, that was, i heard that,
0: i heard smart people say things like space tourism is the future of space
1: I heard people who weren't very good at economics say that I would, I, you know, I heard people who were, who didn't really understand, you know, where, where the real money is, it's industrial capability, things like this. And so if you look at in any economic system, the lowest tier is going to basically be tourism, right? Yeah. Tourism's the lowest tier, highest tiers, information systems, things like this. So when you start talking about, when you look at like, a look like, oh, wow, man, too bad we couldn't build a billion dollar fiber optic cable assembly, you know, generated facility, like, The the amount of money that is willing to be spent to do things like semiconductor production, things like this is phenomenal. When you're spending billions of dollars in building microprocessor plants, things like this, that's where, uh, tourism will be part of it, but the real money is going to be in production and information systems. Like that's creating that stuff. That's my take on it because the tourism sort of economy is gonna be very small. And we've seen this too, with some of these space tourism companies, they, the the drop off in interest level starts to decline considerably because the price is so high. But if you start looking at where the interest is in putting electronics and systems and manufacturing, all this sort of stuff in a space, it's huge, huge. So anyhow, it's like, to me, it's like, ah, oh, computer, well, we'll use it to recipes. It's like, that is the least interesting use of this system. And it's the least efficient when it comes to making money. In my opinion. Agreed. Yeah, it is my opinion. Um, no, no, no. I, 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 I guess the
3: problem is like, all I want to do is speculate on once, once it's cheap to get out of the gravity. Well, uh, what practical things will happen, but I'm, I'm trapped in 1975 and the internet's a thing, but nobody can envision all the things that the internet is going to be, you know? Uh, much less what happens when there are network uh, network effects, where the more space stations there are, the more valuable it is to go have a sp- space station and so on.
1: Yeah, I think there's going to be space hotels, things. Like, I think we'll see it early on, but I just like for the real, the the really long term, like I think viable stuff is going to be you're going to you're going to be putting money up there because it's going to make more, you more money back. You know, like if you could. If I Do I want to spend, you know, $500,000 to spend a night in a hotel, or do I want to spend, you know, $3 million to send a researcher up there with a bunch of test tubes and samples and stuff and do these experiments? Because that's the thing that's understood is, is really undersold as people like how microgravity is so different when it comes to chemistry and physics. Right. And I think that's the story that I'd love to see people understand more, like how how fascinating how many potentials are. Cause like just a pharmaceutical company in one space station, who knows what they could create. Well,
3: and, and once it becomes truly affordably cheap to uh, uh, let's say, let's say in 10 years, we have what one a day, 300, uh, 3000, we have 3000 of these reusable spaceships, suddenly crazy ideas. Like um, there, there's a Lagrange point towards the sun, right? Mm-hmm. So suddenly giant solar foils, um basically a global sunshade and, and and we suddenly with the snap of the fingers have a thermostat for the planet. Like that doesn't that becomes not a, a non zero reality in my lifetime before I die.
1: I, I I mean physically yeah, but just
3: but but certainly there'll be more efficient, smarter ways to
1: what if what
3: what
0: if what if we put four space hotels there? <laughs> <laughs> well, That's a, a lot like, of real estate hey, just for some hey, crazy, hey. Gonna,
1: We would never never agree to that because you know parts of Canada are like, hey, we're cold enough. We don't we don't want to be any colder. Why are you doing this? And so like the culture world wise. It's like I just my personal take i could never see that happening i'll uh, oh, give him a bunch of pocket ones. well
3: well and and that that's uh, uh i mentioned it before but neil stevenson's latest is about one crazy billionaire who doesn't wait for permission and just shoots yeah. sulfur dioxide so likewise in a world somebody maybe owns a fleet of 20 30 of these uh, ships doesn't ask permission just says nope too hot.
2: I feel like, that, like you would they,
3: be
0: an... Uh, um, oh, what's the word? Terrorist. Yes,
1: <laughs> exactly. That, that like, was yeah, the I was like, dioxide. yeah, you'd be,
0: you'd be literally <laughs> Osama Bin Laden. You'd be like, the bad guy uh, in S- a
3: lot of
2: Simpsons cars.
3: Nobody chooses to take the root of the terrorist. Nope.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's stuff on the sulfur dioxide that that, that may actually make things worse. That was like, there's like, oh, let's dump rust into the ocean because it'll increase algae blooms, which maybe, but like, it's like, yeah, good could, could, Maybe. I just... Kinda of hard to sneaky sneakily go do that. But I have a big project, very, very big ambitious project that we're gonna share with you after this message.
0: Mmm, and that message is from Clorox. Clorox, <laughs> you know That uh, we got bought by a new company called patreon.com slash weird things.
3: Yeah, they're gonna, it's a clean slate initiative. Uh, Whatever you thought of Clorox before, now think of the wonderful weird stories from weird things.
0: Mm Patreon.com slash weird things is quick and easy. Uh, No (laughs) muss, no fuss. Just head on over to patreon.com slash weird things and enter money. Uh, uh, You get the self satisfaction of. Not only supporting this podcast, but also a clean house for the mister.
3: Certified bacteria free. Patreon.com slash weird things.
0: Also get after things before anyone else.
1: So there's a proposal. If you want to really observe planets, you really want to see things far out in space. You need a lens. You need a really big lens. You looked at the size of the James Webb Space Telescope, which uh, is still find it hard to believe. That's actually out in space doing what it's supposed to be doing. That it worked? What what was it,
3: 372 points of failure or something?
1: Yep, yep. Uh, But it's there. And when we start talking about massive amounts of capacity for going to space, uh, some astronomers have a really cool suggestion. They're like, hey, we got an idea for a lens, really big lens.
3: Go on. The problem
1: is is you got to put this thing far out at the edge of the solar system so you can use the sun it's Bryce found it, Use the sun, the sun bends light around it, to use the sun as a gravitational lens.
3: Okay, so the gizmo goes out to the edge of our solar system, looks, faces towards our sun, but is really looking past our sun, using our own sun as a magnifier for whatever is way the hell past the sun. Yep, yep. That
1: yep. is amazing. And the Bryce, if you pull that back up again, again, kudos to Bryce, everybody. Like, I'll be like, I'll get like a word like there, and then all of a sudden, the article will pop up. Um, <laughs> he's in, like, incredible. he's like
3: an open AI prompt.
1: <laughs> yeah, this, this, uh, with a higher rate of accuracy, <laughs> uh, this is amazing. And like, if you look at the resolution, they're talking about like, oh, yeah, we might be able to see like, planets and continents and features and the amount of details they think they'd be able to uh, pick up from other places is just incredible because the idea of just all that light coming in from the sun which is last i checked very big and then being bent around and toward the circle, and then being able to use that and reconstruct what it's looking, what's directly behind it.
3: Uh, so to visualize it, and uh, our, our friend uh, Brent Hughes did a wonderful video on uh, gravita- gravitational lensing, uh, where um, they were, you, uh, you see what's called uh, Einstein's cross. It looks like four different copies of a quasar. They're all the same quasar, and they were able to actually see a single supernova. Uh, show up four times uh, at, uh, uh, on all four sides of the cross. But an experiment is uh, picture a wine glass, break off the top part, the bowl part of the wine glass. So you only have the stem and the base. Um, and when you do that, uh, you can move it over. And it really is like a giant magnifying glass. Now it distorts it heavily because you're going to see it uh, if you put a dot, let's say a dot representing a planet, it's going to be distorted as uh, just a ring, but uh, that ain't nothing that a computer can't put back together.
1: Yeah. I think it's time to start thinking about big projects like this. The, 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 we're, we've talked about this before. End of this decade. Potentially, fusion. I know. This will be the decade, folks. This will be the decade for fusion. I mean, the, the uh, joke is robots,
3: with the joke is within thirty years. Although this it does really seem to be
1: only thirty years away now, if it's possible, eventually it's right. So, fusion, autonomous robots that are able to do things more efficiently than people when it comes to physical labor, things like that. Uh, AGI, some form of AGI, some form of super intelligent systems. Uh, fully reusable rockets—it's four things. Could happen by the end of the decade if all four hit uh Buckle up. jackpot uh, the bingo the, uh, <laughs> then,
3: then my draft kings bet comes in yes and i get <laughs> yeah why don't we I get, get thousand sponsored by draft games i think
0: it's
2: the state that we're in <laughs> yeah but anyhow yeah, it's
0: just state interesting. state of, to of about not like, getting that money
1: <laughs> do we do we need to really just start thinking so much bigger now do we need to think about bigger and uh you know, there are challenges on earth, but one of the ways that you solve a present challenge is often by focusing on bigger goals. And then you realize that, oh, you know, by doing this, we, we figured out how to do that. You know, we, we ended up with, you know, electric cars are pretty darn good now. You know, they're really good. And this came about because we wanted smaller cell phones <clears throat> and that put billions of dollars into developing better battery technology. And in a market system, which is really the way to do it, because we're like, ah, oh, we should just spend billions on battery tech. Well, it's hard we tried that, we tried that for decades, but it really took a market system, where the winners and losers are predicted by actually quality of product, and not by who had the best lobbyists to get funding in order to be able to direct it that their way. So,
3: you know, uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I read an article in Wired, I believe, um, talking about how uh, the uh, the Large Hadron Super Collider. Uh, you know, was on a quest to find the Higgs boson. And then they're like, after that, we'll find so much more stuff. And number one, they found the Higgs boson much earlier than expected because it had less mass than predicted. And now there's kind of this like, well, what else is there? And and it's awful quiet. <laughs> and so, and so uh, uh, this opens up a new realm of possibility for like really, really big, uh, ideas like, I mean, once the gravity well is not a problem, then all of a sudden, you know, a ring of, you know, uh, if, if, if the James Webb telescope worked, uh, imagine a ring, the size of the orbit of earth, the orbit of earth around the sun, you know, just a, a whole bunch of them making the entire solar system into one gigantic telescope. I mean, uh, there's, there's, yeah. there's a lot more to figure out.
1: I, I think that uh, there is a a really good. Um, there's a YouTube channel called Cold Fusion, and the guy that does it is actually an astronomer and uh, a great presenter. And he has his latest video this week is revisiting the Wow signal 45 years later. Yeah, the that, Wow signal.
3: Go oh, right. Oh, oh, oh! I, I was. Uh, yeah. uh I always like to jump in and say what little I know before you expound on it. But the, uh, but this is the. Uh, uh, I, I think it was Drake. Uh, Of the Drake Equation, Mm -hmm. who was started at the bottom (laughs) was monitoring, and and he got one spike and and marked it and wrote the word wow, and it turned out to be an aberration, but it sparked this this brief moment of like, OMG, are we getting a howdy from another civilization?
1: Yeah, it wasn't Drake, but uh, it was actually a guy named uh, Jerry Eman. Uh, But Mm -hmm. yes, it was basically they're looking at the Big Ear telescope, which I think was Ohio. State, uh, Ohio State University Big Gear Radio Telescope. And basically they would print out all the stuff onto the sheets of all the little radio signals. And then as you said, you know, he's going through this thing, looking through there and sees the signal that was in very close to this magic frequency band. It's it's the, basically like the frequency of hydrogen. And so that's a thing where like, if you are to look for somebody who's trying to talk to somebody else that would probably be in this channel, it was way stronger signal than the noise. It was way, it was just so much stronger. 45 years later to this day it's still our single best candidate for an alien signal it's never been repeated and we don't know what the entirety of the signal was and also they weren't looking for modulations so we don't know if there was something encoded in it because a telescope at that time couldn't pick this up so all it just picked up was this big overall signal so if there had been a message in there like hey warning doom we wouldn't know now the frustrating thing about it, and it's really hard because it, it shows you sort of the frontiers of sort of this sort of area of science is that in science, you need repeatability because it's never been repeated. You know, people like, well, if it was a repeating thing on a regular cadence, we should have would probably, you know, we, we probably should have heard it by now, but we haven't, which maybe suggests that, you know, then they go like, and it suggests what I'm like, I mean, all you know is that we didn't hear that. that if you're you're trying to narrow the prediction down to, well, if it's repeating beacon, and we haven't heard it since then, then maybe it's not actually repeating beacon. Like no, like maybe it's like what we did when we take our radio telescopes and we aim it at different parts of the sky, and then we're one and done. And like that's the thing that like I remember the guy does a really good analysis and says like, hey, but it may be kind of a maybe doom for the signal. I'm like, well, no, it doesn't change the fact that the signal happened. It just our, our idea that it's this continuous beacon aimed at us when we don't even do that.
3: Well, and, uh, man, to I, there was some program I saw as a kid in the 80s where they represented it really simple. Imagine two walkie-talkies. They only have Channel A and Channel B. Neither of you, even though you could see each other on mountaintops, uh, are able to establish any kind of preset protocol. You just have to see if you can catch the other on the right channel like that alone i can imagine going hours before finally we're both at the same place at the same time now imagine well, at galactic and, scales and
1: yeah and comp and even further imagine that it's a, line of, it's a it's a directional antenna and you don't know what mountaintop the person's on and yeah, so or, you're just or, gonna try every mountaintop and, and nope didn't hear anything all right later losers bye yeah no. And we don't even know what part of we, the, the area of the sky this came from is humongous, too. So there's, like, millions of potential stars. So like, we don't even know where it could. And it, that's assuming it came from a star, because a lot you find out a lot of assumptions, like, well, we went to look for things that could harbor Earth-like planets. Like, wait a second, like, if I'm really advanced and I'm sending signals, I'm not doing it from my home. Yeah. You know, I'm doing it from some other solar system. Calling from the a payphone. You know, <laughs> yeah, jerks. Burner. Exactly. I, we need
3: burner galaxies <laughs> where it's just oh. like a new star. Who dis?
2: Maybe they already have them.
3: That's that's exactly yeah. it, right?
2: Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can't see it because it just looks like an empty galaxy. But they actually got it from Walmart up at the mm-hmm. Cricket, uh, cricket Isle. Track track galaxy. The track galaxy, right. And, uh, that's they're that's keep, what they're that's keeping what, it hidden from that's us. That's
3: what every supernova is: is a drug dealer breaking a star
1: and throwing it in the trash. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this one's burnt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Snap. So, in 2012, on the 35th anniversary of the Wow signal, Arecibo. Oh. Oh, the digital stream towards Hipparchus three, four, five, one, one, three, three, two, seven, seven, and four, three, five, eight, seven. I love the fact that like some of these places, which could actually have like highly advanced civilizations, more sophisticated than elves, are just some number. Yeah. You know, uh, the transmission consisted of approximately 10,000 Twitter messages solicited for the purposes by the national geographic channel, bearing the hashtag chasing UFOs. Oh my uh, God. No. Whoa. In why
0: advance. are we, why are we spamming? That's offensive. <laughs> To who? <laughs> to the aliens getting this. We're here for your Ray-Ban exactly.
1: sunglasses. They sound really awesome. <laughs> and
0: beyond that, like uh, uh, I'm with you, Andrew. We name every stupid hurricane. That lasts for two seconds. We can't peel off a few uh, a few names for these pl- places that might uh, 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 totally reshape the concept of uh, yeah, galactic in, life. In defense,
1: in defense of the legit field of astronomy as opposed to our illegitimate field of dumb speculation, there are billions of objects. So naming them probably does get tedious after a while. There's like a billion spellings of Jessica. <laughs>
0: <laughs> True. Just that's all we get. Whatever. Like Whatever. we can figure it out.
2: There's an S in there, there's probably a C. There's definitely going to be an A. Yeah,
0: no, it's like... like uh, well, uh, at,
3: at the very least... Ama- uh, imagine
0: how much better the movies would be. Uh, uh, Mr. President, Mr. President, uh, uh, there's an urgent uh, uh, warning. We've gotten a message from Jessica with two
3: Ys. See, okay, now here... Uh, I, I, <laughs> the middle step is, uh, we're all worried about NASA funding. Let let wow brands go nutty. It's like, sir, we've got a signal from Cool Ranch Doritos yeah. flavored
0: gum. <laughs> There we go
3: from extra
0: extra extra double mint pleasure.
2: Yeah. Double your boosters.
0: They say surrender and we say (laughs) the flavor. flavor. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're just doing an Austin Powers intro.
1: (laughs) So I found a pretty interesting channel channel. Of course, it's hard to find because for some reason on the desktop uh, on the browser, YouTube, like, Throws all of my subscription channels in some random order. I'm like, it's like I'm gonna make you hunt for it. There's a channel called uh, Sea uh, Sea Media, and what they do is they do these really kind of interesting deep dives into different like galaxies and talks about stuff. It's like the latest one is a tour of the Triangulum Galaxy. And you're like the Triangulum Galaxy, Andrew. Uh, oh yeah, that cla- that that great galaxy. Well, it actually is pretty cool because. We've got a bunch of neighbor galaxies in our local group, and the Triangulum Galaxy is one of them. And you just start to think about, you know, this is actually, there's, there's like you know, like Andromeda is actually like a small galaxy between us and Andromeda. There's a lot of these things out there. And we are we just think of our own galaxy. We're like, oh, wow, that's so huge. Like, oh, yeah, no, that's just one galaxy out of billions or trillions. And Imagine, okay, ones.
3: Uh a galaxy, okay. Um, we can see supernovae from other galaxies, right? Yeah. Uh, so, and, and there's, uh, I, I forget the designation specifically, but like type one, type two, type three civilizations. Let's say we've hit the, the boss level of civilizations, enough to know that, that there's nothing in our galaxies. And we've thrown out uh, seed uh, fleets to other galaxies that we know in a bazillion years will uh, auto ai will land or whatever but basically it's like we are leaving this galaxy uh we build a bunch of dyson spheres around all the planets and then and then maybe just leave it as a beacon with a repeating message of an encyclopedia galactica uh, until until it breaks (laughs)
1: build your spheres around the sun instead we effed up uh no 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 no, no, no. but i mean around every individual star right so so essentially yeah yeah the, star you said around every i knew you what you meant but you said every planet i know you oh, know what sorry, it is like we screwed up Don't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like <laughs> we lined up
3: all our penguins and had them blink
1: <laughs> like why did you yeah. do that
3: you're like i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah no, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I knew but, you knew but, what you're saying, but, but I was just funny because right. It, but it was basically, leave <laughs>
3: the galaxy and leave it uh, as a constantly running, uh, you know, Moore's code generating uh, lights on, lights off uh, for every single star. I don't know. Uh, that seems like yeah, such a good I'm- idea and so possible that it. Kind of makes me want to look for it.
1: I, I'm now describing what if it's, SETI. <laughs> what, if it's, what if it's like an Airbnb and we're actually some higher dimensional transient life that decided we're going to rent it for a while? Hell yeah. Oh
2: no, I hope there's not a cleaning fee. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: no. Because we, made, we uh, don't made a mess of it. We made a lot. mess of it. Uh,
3: hey, uh, speaking of, <laughs> uh, let's talk about the dead bodies floating around. Um, I'm glad somebody brought it up. Shouts out to two legends, Voyager 1 and Voyager 2, powering down uh, this week. Initial I phases of of, of of powering down. Uh, the original, they are, uh, I didn't know they were two exactly identical copies of each other. And I didn't know that part of the space race to get the Voyager probes out was because they figured out that only during the 1970s and early 80s, we would have uh, our four biggest planets all lined up the alignment. For, uh, yeah. in order to basically give this uh, a 30-year journey would become a 14-year journey or what have you. Um, and uh, also, uh, the, the original mission was meant for four years, and now it's been 44 years. And they're uh, as we understand it, outside of the solar system, and so now it's like, all right, Start powering down these systems so we can at least still hear you beeping as, as you go out. But it's like, like the, the, quite possibly the single greatest success story in the history of the space program.
1: I, it, is, it is absolutely an amazing achievement and something that we it, – it's hard to sort of wrap our head around the idea that right now beyond – the Outer Edges of, you know, uh, you know, past. The Oort cloud or My the Carmen line. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, we hope I hope oh, the wait, Karman line. Yeah, no, wait. The uh, Karman yeah. line is definitely <laughs> I here know. on Earth. Uh, I'm are yeah. listening. Brian knows this stuff so it's why I tease him <laughs> yeah. I know I know I know I, know, I, know, I know. You know but but yeah. but, but, but <laughs> I, know. I know
3: it just well enough it's like it's like it's like the kid at the spelling bee who's proud he remembers all 26 letters I know
0: jeez <laughs> you idiot Brian wow, what a moron what a maroon am I right
3: everybody jeez
0: everyone yeah. knows this this is easy easy peasy no. not like you dummy <laughs> We, what, we what, all laugh what, <laughs> together is, in unity. What, we all know this. What is the line of the <laughs> Carmen line?
1: No, that's Heliopause? A heliopause. Heliopause, that's what it was. Yeah. So close.
2: Duh. I mean joy, sometimes obviously. I get so excited Double I shot out the
3: wrong name. She doesn't like that.
0: <laughs> old old mistress Saul. old, old Carmen San Diego. <laughs>
1: So, we have the end of specific capabilities for Voyager 1. Uh, uh-huh. the, uh, we have like things, things to look for in old age as your space probe. Uh, termination of ultraviolet spectrometer, that was in 1998. Termination of plasma subsystem, that was 2007. Power-off planetary radio astronomy experiment, that was 2008. Termination of scan platform of ultraviolet spectrometer in 2016. 2BD, start shutdown of science instruments uh, as of October 2010. The order is undecided. However, the low-energy charged particles cosmic array subsystem magnetometer mm. and plasma wave subsystem instruments are expected to still be operating. 2BD, termination of the data tape recorder. <laughs> Remember, there is a tape recorder on board this. Yep. Oh, wow. That's how old this is. Yep. There is literally this Voyager this cassette tape. Uh, unknown date: termination of the gyroscopic operations. Uh, unknown date No back-
3: seriously, give me back that album. That <laughs> was
1: a good that, album. Uh, 2025 to 2036 will no longer be able to power even a single instrument. After 2036, both probes will be out of range of the deep space network.
3: Uh, they launched 14 days from each other. And this is, and the reason they made two is, you know, for redundancy, which implies that they were not certain it was going to work out. But the fact that both worked and worked so spectacularly is, uh, my goodness, I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. You're saying, you're saying they're going to build uh, uh, starships one a day? Bring it. That's yeah, a controversial yeah. opinion. Yeah, bring it on. Yeah, but you know, I'll what? take them all on one by one. I'll stop punching in the space. All y'all, just make it one big Carmen line. I'll take. Yeah, it all on. come
1: on. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of amazing when you think about. Yeah, that these are things that were made in nineteen, launched in nineteen seventy-seven, or the early nineteen seventies technology.
0: I mean, that really is. I mean, well, you, you just yeah you know, the lifetime achievement award for craftsmanship for anybody involved in that project right like like that's that's well, just got to feel amazing cuz it cuz if it, if it if it turned into dust you know 5 minutes after it launched it would it would be like huh oh well that's that's learning about space for you I mean, but instead it it just is dominated that's amazing
3: uh like these engineers uh, are now you know they're aging out and they're like yeah it's bittersweet mm-hmm. as i realize Uh, 2024,
0: we uh, turn off their phones. Uh, (laughs)
3: 2026,
0: they no longer are allowed to drive. They Uh,
3: already can't email. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) They they don't know the difference between the Roku and Netflix. Mm -hmm. Uh, 2030, we glue their eyes shut. Oh no. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's just wow. in the list. It's, it's on the list. It's on the list. They put it yeah. on the list. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they they listen to
3: uh uh, uh, uh oh, never Who do they listen i to? I was going to get political. Uh, oh, done. okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: They listen to <laughs> the Pointer Sisters. They listen to Diamond and Silk.
1: <laughs> Crimson and Clover. Why are you Loretzko around the room here? What are we most looking forward to when it comes to space exploration? <sighs> um it's
3: uh, and, and again, I lament the fact that it's the only thing I could think of, which is foundational science. It, that idea of a solar system-sized telescope just sounds delightful. But, but to be honest, it's going to be, oh, you know what? I'll say right now, I am here for the arguments about, like, there's already arguments when coordinated AI drone shows turn out to have commercial messages over cities uh, once that stuff is off planet and out of the jurisdiction, and then you get some backyard uh, 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 dillweed pulling out a, a space laser shotgun saying, you know, quit blinking them lights in the sky. I shot them down with my space laser in my backyard. Like, that's going to be amazing.
0: So wait, your number one thing <laughs> you're looking for is the in space exploration. Space is space graffiti yep. and, and people- vigilante <laughs> violence against <laughs> space graffiti? I mean,
3: uh, yes, all of those and, and and a galaxy-wide telescope. Okay. Or just a solar system-wide telescope.
0: Just a solar and, system. Uh, a Amazon Prime, and Amazon Prime uh, <laughs> delivery of a space laser that can shoot things from my backyard. Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> The only, all right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, uh, no, I was going to say the only good guy with bad guy with the space laser, good guy with the space laser. Anyway, moving on. Uh, oh, my favorite thing is the uh, thing I'm most looking forward to is actually, I think that there's going to be a tremendous narrative uh, uh, benefit to the human race as the Mars thing becomes not a philosophical a desire but rather a physical thing and we are talking about humans that are that are that are uh, going to to begin uh, doing these these trips and we begin following them i think it will be almost immediately woven into our our the, the kind of story of our species but what i'm most excited for and this is largely because i've spent so much time talking about this kind of stuff with andrew uh is the more Sort of of uh, 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 industrialization of of space that is closer to earth, you know the idea of 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 asteroid mining and and just all of a sudden the rules of uh, uh the global economy sort of rewritten while this you know a, a, a trillions and trillions of dollars and in, in wealth is now accessible. To people that that want to go and and try and grab it, and like the idea of blue collar space miners is something that is is I, I think it, it's it's hard to see from here to get to there, but that kind of societal change is uh exciting to me, unless it in, you know, erupts in a civil war or something like that, which is also possible.
1: Uh, uh, I'm I'm very bearish though on like space mining myself because I, I just. You still have to and it might be we might find asteroids that are like just you know pure or some super really great resource or whatever, but still still the bottom from it's like literally in resource development that's like next to tourism like i'm um I don't know that it'll really be uh, yeah maybe maybe the
0: mining, maybe mining is not necessarily what I'm going for i mean just
1: a, 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 a an existence
0: industrialization industrialization yeah.
3: hm uh. Uh, the idea of carving out an asteroid and having, uh, you know, centripetal force give you some kind of gravity or whatever mm. uh, sounds so bonkers. And this is a dumb example, but hopefully enough people have been there to know what I'm talking about. You ever, If you've ever walked around the Venetian in Las Vegas long enough, it almost feels like them some blue skies over your head. And, yeah. and all of a sudden you don't feel like you're in a claustrophobic uh, air-conditioned box in the middle of... A desert That That it's 2 miles. o'clock
0: in the afternoon it, it, and not a pleasant uh, summer in Tuscany. Exactly.
1: Oh, that, yeah, we, we've talked about before, one of the things that Mars and the moon have a lot of are caverns.
3: Lava I tubes. Lava tubes.
1: Yeah, lava tubes and, and huge ones. Probably much bigger. There are probably lava tube systems bigger on Mars than exist on Earth, which will go for hundreds of miles. And if you start talking about like, oh, well, we'll wall off one part, wall off another part, and create an ecosystem inside of there yeah like why why hey, the heck not i i got a question that
3: for some reason had never occurred to me till just now one one of the key elements of terraforming in kim stanley robinson's trilogy about terraforming mars is the idea that uh, to thicken up the atmosphere uh just on an ongoing basis they they grab a comet They chuck it at Mars and it sort of, you know, it uh, uh, skips across the atmosphere, shedding a lot of its hydrogen and oxygen and, you know, creating atmospheric compounds and so on. Uh, That seems like once there are humans on Mars, even one tiny base, that gets real dangerous. And I was trying to think of like, how do you do the very first one of those? And then it occurred to me, here's my question. Do you think we're going to use Venus as like a target range just to practice up a bit, see, see how good we can get at chucking, chucking comets to uh, evaporate in the atmosphere.
1: I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think that I would assume that the, the math of that's pretty precise and you have a lot of chance to error correct. I, I, I don't even know that we'll ever do that. I have no idea that we'll even really try to terraform um, the whole planet. Huh. I'm all for it. I just it's just by the time, you know, we get there and eventually everybody else gets there or they get there, then we get there, and everybody else gets there, it's gonna be a lot of different parties on, you know, we're we're used to the science fiction trope of it's either, you know, oh the Mars colony. Like, I don't know, I think there's gonna be like the, the Olympus Mons group and there's gonna be these other groups, these other factions, we quickly are gonna factionalize um, and probably have every different ideas about what we want to do.
3: Uh I, I can't help but assume that it's much, much cheaper to just send, I don't know, 100 million probes all over Mars and then have everybody stay at home and put on an immersive enough virtual reality experience that it's as though you're on
1: Mars. Like, why actually well, go? Well, we don't... One is we're not there yet with robotics like even the head of you know the mars pathfinder mission will tell you that you know a one geologist could find in an afternoon what it takes pathfinder to find in three months so you know that's the state of robotics now and for the foreseeable future and there's you know we are using now we've we switched to systems that are more autonomous so they can explore on their own but we send geologists to antarctica you know, we send geologists to the bottom of the ocean. We put people all over because there's something about being there and, and being able to make those decisions in real time and sort of seeing it with your own senses. So I think it'll be all the above. I think it's to be people and bots, you know,
0: I think that culturally is again, what, what I'm I'm most excited about is, is where is that dividing line? There will be people that want to go. There will be people that want to go, uh, uh, you know, at, at early phases where things are a little bit more dicey than they, than they will be eventually. Like, because that is the spirit of humanity. It's exciting. So
1: somebody, somebody pointed out something here, which, which is a good point, but I have a thought on this. They said, VR with a 6- to 44-minute round-trip lag, are you crazy? Like, yeah, like, obviously, like, you're not going to be doing, you know, real-time Beat Saber on Mars with, you know, because of that lag. But when you think about... I started thinking about that idea, of like, one, that gravitational lens, and then the idea of when you start putting together really, really, really sophisticated sensing instruments and radio telescopes and all this other stuff you could get so much data, such an incredible amount of data that you could do the kind of space exploration that Brian talks about, where it's like, all right, today, guys, we're going we're gonna to hop into, and there will be people in VR. Like We have people right now who've been finding features on Mars and the moon, uh, even hobbyists who've done this because they just, there's so much more data than people can handle. AI is going to probably account for a lot of this, but it's still going to be an AI going, this is interesting, do you want to take a look? And there may be the first human to ever go inside a Martian cave, maybe doing it via VR because of helicopter found this carve, you know, this rile or this exposed, you know, lava tube and flew down through there. And somebody's going to give me the first experience this in VR and walk through there and look on the wall and see are those shells? What is that? So and, I think it's all the above.
3: Uh, and, and yes, that, that is definitely, you know, six to 44 minute round trip lag is a concern, but so was 20 years ago. A one and a half second to two second lag while playing multiplayer deathmatch, and you know, they basically they would do best guesses of, okay, if you're running in a straight line in this direction, you're probably going to go at least another second, and and you know, if you get tagged, we'll figure it out or whatever. Uh, uh, In a world where AI bots can model your expected behavior uh, very very precisely. Uh, maybe not 44 minutes, but six minutes. Like, like if you're walking, if your robot avatar is walking along and sees the type of cave that the AI knows you're going to immediately walk towards, then, you know, it's just going
1: to do that. Well, yeah, and you could just be, it's just 45 minutes or however like ahead of you further down the cave and you're the first person to get experience it. So as the probes are flying through there, you're walking along and making that so... I think there's going to be it could be a lot of different lot of different ways that we could explore it. So, I excited about all of it.
0: Mhm.
1: do uh, we have picks? I got picks.
3: David McRaney has a podcast called You Are Not So Smart. He's got a book coming out. He sent me some copies. I'm midway through it. How Minds Change.
0: Mm-hmm. Get on
3: that pre-sale list. Everyone knows pre-ordering. That's 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 the future that's the that's the real future um really really enjoying it it's uh it, it, it it's imbued with a little bit more of his honest upbringing in Mississippi and uh dealing with the cultural biases that he encountered and uh how he became fixated on the, uh, uh, the you know the wonderful flawed wetware that we're all made out of um it's great uh, I believe it comes out tomorrow according to this
0: yes. So go, go, go pre-order uh, uh, as we have uh, talked about on this show. Uh, pre-ordering is really, really, really helpful, not only for his publisher, but also making lists and everything. So go and do that. And if you want to hear okay. David McRaney talk to me, you can listen to it on Friday's episode of the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast, where uh, we went over how politicians, specifically in the realm of persuasion, have... Uh, uh Been practicing an art ahead of of uh, the, the the sociological research on this. Uh, also, dude,
3: you know, uh, audio is read by him
1: on Audible as well. It says editor's pick, by the way, too. If you look at that. Oh, right on. Yeah. So, i compliments to him. Although I thought uh, writing a book about we're not so smart and writing a letter to you, Brian, saying hey, dummy,
3: was a mm,
0: little bit. Love, uh, lie. We
1: all have our own
3: love language. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Turns right. out I love being called a dummy.
3: That's, that's actually way too close because that's how I fell in love with, with everyone in this room. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: all right. I got a bit. I, I, I continue to watch stranger things. I continue to like it, but uh, oh boy, these uh, last two episodes that I've, that I've watched, uh, they sure tapped the brakes on that plot momentum. Boy, was there a lot of plot momentum lot of things happening and then whew, oh oh I, I, I get it then it man. went even faster no no a lot of the light speed a lot of like we're, we're well aware of these fast. things that have happened and we know that these things are almost certainly gonna happen but boy are they luxuriating in the uh the
3: uh, are you sure you weren't watching season three of barry i'm um, yeah. pretty are, positive
1: are you sure are you, are you inclined to do a little bit of channel hopping when you watch this <laughs> Does it feel like you've been on this channel too long and it's just
0: yeah uh uh i, I still like it i still like it. this is not me yeah. this is not me running it down uh uh this is just uh boy when that when that show is going it feels very different than when that show is sitting and there is, and especially with some of these episodes that are long, like like we got, I shut uh, uh, the the second to last episode of the season off uh, because I was like, ah, let me just see how long it is. I'm getting a little tired, but let me just see, 30 minutes left, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to sleep. I'm not, I'm uh, 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 without without spoiling things. We, I know what's gonna happen. We all know what's gonna happen. Get back to the crazy ghost man doing crazy ghost man stuff. <laughs> We're here to stop the crazy ghost man. There's a crazy ghost man, and he has crazy ghost powers, and and everyone's going crazy, and they're trying to find who he is. Do that, do that. We know that the everything else is like skip like, to the working overtime part. But let's just, I mean, because because they, they were they were going so fast toward it. Sure. And then it was just like, all right, let's put a pause because we have to get two characters who aren't physically in this location back to this location
1: for a final. Everybody's doing kinda fine without them, by the way. (laughs) yes,
0: yes, they're doing, they're doing great. And every once in a while, they say, where's Poochie? And then we have to cut to another 30-minute like, Poochie uh, uh, thing where it's like, oh, oh I wonder if Poochie's going to get home. Uh, like, yes,
1: yes, ding dong, of course he's going to get runner home. 2049, it's a great movie until the old guy showed up. Oh.
0: <laughs> anyway, I like it, I like it, but just get You like it? Crazy Ghost Man. Crazy. I want I want it's more, the more the more the closer still, they are to the Crazy Ghost Man the happier I am.
1: I I listen man. Uh just go back and forth between that and some other big science fiction franchise property that's so bad.
0: I I I I stopped watching. I stopped watching uh 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 of uh. You you oh, Moon it? <laughs> no, I I didn't even begin Moon Knight. We haven't even oh, yeah, began yeah. we haven't even begun Moon Knight. Uh uh but uh uh no I What's what's the other one? Is it Obi-Wan? Yeah, is it uh, Oh okay. yeah, it, it, or, it, it's, it's not like, which one, Brian. It's which one <laughs> um, Obi. Uh,
2: Obi-Wan Hey, man, isn't, isn't the
3: boys great? The boys is great. Oh, I, my, God.
0: I've, I've yet, oh yeah, my I, God. I've not texted Andrew back. Andrew was texting me about the boys. I've yet, yet to text him back because I need to watch the episode.
1: There is, uh, yeah. Uh, Paul Reiser gets probably yes. the greatest line ever.
3: Yes, <laughs> but <laughs> butter churned half the cast of Falcon's Chris,
1: which oh. I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you ask Army Archer, he said, let you let it just, 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 So good. It's so good. Uh, uh, oh. That show is so. good. Yeah. Wait, Paul Reiser's
0: in both of these shows? No, it's yes. someone.
2: Wait. Yes. Oh, yeah. So Paul yes. Reiser's
0: in The Boys and Paul Reiser is in Stranger Things.
2: Oh, fine. yes. Amazing. I didn't know
0: that. That's amazing. Amazing. That's great. <laughs> I'm mad about
2: him.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I got a quick pick today. <laughs> uh, uh, I've really been enjoying uh, a little game called Mini Motorways. Um, as this is on the Apple Arcade, and it's on a bunch of other stuff now. Uh, it's great. It's from the guys who made Mini Metro, uh, if you like that. And it's, it's a very cool, a very easy sort of mix between a city building game and a puzzle game. I
3: really, really, that was a really good pick. Uh, last time, uh, and, and, uh, it, it was, I got too close to the sun and I started to get angry mm-hmm. and I
2: set it down. It, it's is this, very Is the same
3: thing going to happen on this?
2: With, uh, uh maybe. Okay. Uh, honestly, maybe, okay. you know, I, I go kind of back and forth. I like watching people play it on YouTube because they show you watch their strategies and the things that they do. And then every so often I go and I'll just go play it. Like, because it's on the iPad and I can yeah. just... And so it's kind of that nice sort of freeing sort of experience. You don't need to sit down and watch all of the cutscenes and get strapped in and find out who the maidens are and whatever. You could just play the mini motorway game. Well,
3: right? I, I, I I look forward to mini motorways, but I hope it makes me feel the same way I did with the uh, uh what was the first one, mini metro? Mini Metro. Um the subway uh, game. Ooh, people. They need to die. They don't <laughs> they don't load in fast enough. No, they they don't, don't move fast
2: enough. Mini <laughs> The nice thing about mini motorway cuz mini metro is very is older, has been around for a long time. Mini motorways is newer, so it feels a little better yeah <laughs>
1: better, a little better. okay so, i'm in
2: mini motors and it's on apple arcade it's been on apple arcade for a while but now it's coming on a pc so it's got updates and stuff so check it out andrew
1: so i'm gonna pick up a pick that i've made before um i would say this week's episode was probably maybe the, one of the weakest ones for me and the villain ended up being so cartoony it was sort of silly but i still enjoyed the episode because i really liked the characters hmm. and that is still star trek strange new world um I think that uh, kind of stand out. Anson Mount's great in it. I like all the cast. I really like uh, Ethan Peck, who plays Spock now. Uh, it's his own take on Spock. I think he does a really good job of it. Ethan Peck, by the way, that nobody will let you forget, he is the grandson of Gregory Peck. Mm. That's actually his middle name, is Ethan Gregory Peck. I think he is Spock. First, you have to go like, well, it's literally more to find that role. And anybody to go in there, it is so hard. It's hard to have anybody else play that role, although several people have. I find that, I really like Ethan Peck's you know, portrayal of him, and uh, the show has been fun. It's just episodic Star Trek. So, if none of you have watched Strange New World yet? Uh, no, I, I
3: almost did, and weirdly, um, when, I, when I watched the preview, I was disappointed that it was less cheesy than I wanted it to be, and, and so I paused just long enough. But I've heard nothing but universal acclaim for it.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I think you'll. Don't worry, it'll be cheesy. Okay. Um, It's it's
0: (laughs) a. It'll it'll it'll. There's 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 a cheese.
3: Your 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 recommended daily amount of of queso.
0: Yeah, you'll get some curds.
1: Yeah, I I it it is. There are some shows like I think I think it's entirely possible to make things that people really like. I think even people talk about this age of like, oh, it's hard to meet expectations. And I think that you have to understand what expectations are. It aren't, they aren't necessarily, well, I have to see this character and that character. There is fan board expectations, which are going to be dumb and based upon the opinions of people that really haven't thought really highly about why they like a thing, versus, you know, Top Gun Maverick. Like a movie that, in concept, you'd be like, this sounds like the dumbest Hollywood idea for a movie ever. Come on, really? We're going to revisit that? And it knew what it was, acknowledge it in Top Gun Maverick. It's fuck. Oh, Movie. I mean, yeah. you, know, you, don't, you don't have to call it great. You can still have to admit it's really fun. Everybody that I know really dug it. And
0: there, there is something, something to be said about, especially in the genre world, uh, competence, knowing what you're doing, doing it confidently, uh, uh, but competently, and and not trying to reinvent the wheel, uh, and and letting letting, especially with genre stuff, the inherent uh, fascination with
1: it sort of sing. You know the boys. That's a show that's just so. I just there are things we need to talk about, Justin. <laughs> the, the 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 certain character is like so is like somebody just listened to a weird things episode and decided to come up with a fevered dream of what would a superhero <laughs> be obsessed with. Well, we saw that with the Crimson Countess before, where she's writing the songs about the chimpanzee rescue. Yes, them. yes, and so uh, it's just her. If she only gets. That's what? Just watch What are you doing? Again. Don't spoil it. Come yeah.
0: on. Who are you? Don't spoil it. No. I'm not the spoiler guy. No, we will, we will, we will, we will get to it. Ashley and I will yeah. uh we, we will we will get to it. But, but uh so far, God, the boys is just it, it's it's one of those things where like even if sometimes you're like, Oh, this is the ultraviolet scene because it's a boys episode right? and there's going to be the ultraviolet scene. But even then it's just like maybe it's it's just because and I will say this better that it's coming out one episode at a time. I feel like if I were binging it, I, I might feel like, Oh geez, man, I was five forty-five 45 minutes ago. I just saw somebody's, you know, a, a finger explode so right. much that it blew off everybody else's eyeballs or something right. like that. Uh, uh but, but uh, I just, I don't know. It always just gives me a little bit of, mm, mm, Oh yes. The boys, it is always well, there.
1: That, yeah. That opener, uh, Oh man, like if I, I wanted to be in the pitch meeting for that. Um, I mean, to,
3: to be honest, the opener uh, was kind of like, uh, wait, am I over the boys? And then luckily very quickly, the, the,
1: there Why was the, intrigue. Yeah, not the, not the dawn of the seven, but the, the first right. grotesque yes. thing. Yeah. That no, I think that's, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's what, exactly what i talking about. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But
0: I think, I think, yeah. And also narratively it needed to be something familiar because you're going to see what is different and what has changed about oh. all of our characters.
1: Oh, I know my other pick. I'm going to join Miss Marvel. Oh,
0: I've heard good things.
1: Delightful, delightful. It's just, it's a delightful show. Uh, the lead actress, uh, Aman Valani. She's fantastic. I think she is of, if we're in phase four or whatever phase we're in, best discovery, best, best thing that we found in this phase
0: you know she's, she's been just... all over they really have a lot of faith in her uh in terms of, of putting her in front of the camera and doing a lot of press but she uh, uh has been just a delight apparently uh you know she's very um, <laughs> she she is in direct communication with kevin feige will pepper kevin feige for spoilers or argue with him about the canon yeah. of the universe uh, and then was, I forget what she was watching. I think it was WandaVision when they were shooting. WandaVision was airing while they were shooting Miss Marvel, and got yelled at by Kevin Feige for watching it on a phone. Ha! <laughs> She's like, "Stop watching it on a phone! It's meant to be watched on a TV."
3: We we put a television in the logo.
1: She she is. Uh, but she seems delightful. Yeah, and she is uh, there. If you when you see the sort of the package, the backstory on her. She was a huge Miss Marvel fan, and there's a photo of her in her homemade Miss Marvel costume, which had the, you know, the lightning. And she's like, ah, and people thought I was the Flash, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it's just it is neat to see a fan like that to do that. I think that uh, you know, bringing, hey, doing, hey, we're gonna do a Muslim superhero is, you know, uh. A big choice for them to do, and I think the way they pulled that off is is really well. Is you it, it makes makes it seem less alien to audiences that aren't familiar with that those the culture, and you realize, oh, they have they're having their church politics and all this other stuff, like everybody else, and this and that, and her family. Like it's just it's so relatable and just I think so well done. Awesome. Gentlemen, it's been weird. <laughs>